You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Lord, I thank you you've got something fresh for us this evening. And uh, I pray that you would help our, our hearts to be open to your voice. Lord, that we would capture what it is that you want uh, from us, what you want to speak to us, what you want to deposit in our lives. So, Father, I pray that you would be, um, yeah, you would move in this time. In your name, amen. What were some of your expectations in coming into 2016? Anyone? Did you have any expectations? Who had any expectation? Okay, who had zero expectations heading into... Okay, so that be the majority. Majority is zero expectations. Do you see 2016 as being the same as 2015? Okay, but you've had, you started off saying there's no expectation for 2016, but then many of you have said you don't expect 2016 to be like 2015. So what are you expecting then? Something different. Well, okay, there's an expectation, isn't there, for something different. Now, the amazing thing about life is that we actually don't know what each year has to hold, do we? We don't know as we head into a new year what, what will change, what will happen in the world around us. You know, I, I remember, you know, the year, um, I think it was 2001 that 9-11 happened, or September, 11th of September. It was 2001, was it not? Where the Twin Towers got cracked. I mean, that kind of changed. We didn't know that was going to happen that year. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have planned differently. Um, there's things that happen in our world and in our lives that we, we don't always know know what's going to happen. Now, there's a temptation for us to simply coast through life on autopilot, right? We kind of go from one year into the next year, into the next year, and uh, we do the same things day after day, and yet somewhere deep in our, our hearts, our spirits, somewhere, we, we hope for something to be different, maybe than what we've just come from, and yet we kind of just move on through life with, with no real change. It just kind of, it just happens, or perhaps uh, we're stuck in the past of something that's happened. Maybe it's regrets. Maybe it's disappointments. There's something that uh, you maybe dreamed for that just didn't come about. Maybe there's a reason you stopped expecting things for the future or stopped believing. If any of this is true for you, um, then I believe God is challenging us tonight to get your head back in the game. We're all, we've all got a part to play in this bigger picture of what God is doing. And... Um, if you're here tonight, if you're in this space, then I believe you're here on purpose. There isn't, it isn't by chance that you've kind of showed up in this place. Maybe you just thought, I'll just come see what this is all about. But actually, I think God is wanting to speak to you, and God wants to speak to me tonight. You've never lived 2016 before, have you? No? There's no space travel, there's no time travelers here. But God sees the end from the beginning. Although we have never lived tomorrow, God is already in tomorrow. He's already in next year. He's already in all that will take place. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And he knows exactly what you need to do and how you need to live your life. Because he knows the big picture. He knows the whole thing. In fact, a new year, in this kind of time that we're in, I think there's, there's someone in the Bible that we can learn a lot from, and he's the guy by the name of Paul, or the Apostle Paul. Um, he's a guy that uh, had a bit of a colorful background. He was someone who um, didn't really like Christians at all. 
in his younger years. In fact, he was out to kind of um, destroy Christianity. He wasn't kind of uh, the church's best friend. And yet God get, got, to hold, got a hold of his heart. And he, for the rest of his life, after God speaks to him, Jesus reveals himself to him. He, he lives on purpose. And uh, tonight, my message is, is titled, Going for Gold. And uh, there's a passage of scripture that for many, many years has been a passage of scripture that I relate to very well. And I'm sure Donna could attest to it. And this is, it's in Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. It says this, it says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forget what is behind and strain to what for what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, this is an interesting thing. Paul likens kind of life to a race that he's on, that he's he's moving towards a destination. Again, I think there's a temptation in life to to just be on autopilot and we just we don't give much thought to where we're going or or how we're going to get there. But we just kind of live life one day at a time. And there is a value in just taking one day at a time. I'm not in no way in my talking tonight about being stressed out about our future. But it is about living a kind of towards a direction, towards what is it I'm living for? What is it? I'm, where am I going towards? And one of the first things that we see in this passage of scripture that Paul talks about is being called out. He was called, Right? Not that I've already obtained this, but I've already been or made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. There was a this sense that God had taken hold of Paul and said, you know what, Paul, I've got a plan for you. I've got, I've got a purpose for your life. How many of you remember as a child, your, mom, your mother or your dad, especially your mom, at least for me, calling you for dinner or, or for, you know, it's time to come in from playing? Does anyone have those recollections of those thoughts of a parent calling out? Yes, a few of you. Okay, I have my mom has this voice that you could hear her three miles away. She kind of has this range of pitch that kind of just pierces everything. And I just remember mom calling me, Tyler. You know, it's time to come in. And uh, wherever I was, I could be three blocks away at my friend's house. Oh, mom's calling. You know. She's calling me. I, I need to go home. You know, God had Paul's number, if we can use that term. He, he knew Paul, where he was at. In fact, Paul was kind of doing his thing. He was out persecuting the church. And he was on the road. And Jesus meets him on the road. and says, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? He, he meets Paul right where he's at, right in the circumstance that, he, that Paul was kind of oblivious to. Jesus comes and speaks to him right in that circumstance, right in that moment. And he told Paul at that time, do you know what, I, I've got a plan for you. What you're doing maybe isn't the best at all, uh, but i got something better in store for you. And you know, he says the same thing to you and to me. He said, you know, I've got, I know where you're at. Uh, I, I, you're here tonight because I've got something for you. I, I want to reveal something of my heart to you. I've called you for a purpose. It isn't just to get through this year. It isn't just to get through this day. It isn't just to exist. I don't believe that we were put on this planet just to breathe, eat some food, and then at some point die. And, and to not live for a higher calling. I do believe God speaks our name and knows our name. 
He speaks deep into our hearts. In fact, we see in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, it says, You are not your own, but you were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, he not only knows your name, but he actually paid for you. Have you ever been in a place that someone's paid a debt for you? Has that ever happened in your life, in the physical? Has that ever happened in your past? Someone's paid a debt? You know, it's a really great thing to find out that a bill has been paid without you having to pay it. That's always happy days, isn't it? I, I, I like having envelopes that come in the mail, you know, in the post, and there's a check in, in the post. How many like those kind of envelopes? I find that never happens. More cases than not, I get bills. Bills, I didn't, you know, unexpected bills. I, I think all of us have had those unexpected bills. You know, what? I didn't know I had to pay that to the government. I didn't know I had to pay that to the energy company or whatever. But Jesus, there, there's all this debt going against us. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, saw you. Okay, He knew your name then. right? He knew who you were then. And he actually paid out your debt before you even started one day on this planet. He paid it all out. He said, you know what? I love you so much. I want to pay out your debt now. What is the debt? The debt is all the things that we've done wrong, all the sin, all the things that stand against us. He pays for it. But what he asks for return is that we would give our lives to him, that we would respond to his voice. And he calls us by name, right? He calls Tyler. He calls Chris. He calls Isaac. He calls Julian. He calls each one of us. He calls us by name. We're not a number to God. You're not just a number out there in the, in the universe, Number one billion, whatever. No, you're, he, he knows us by name. And so he calls us out. He called Paul out. But then he, he leads us to a place that he calls us to, to live for a greater purpose. Paul says, I, 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 I press on towards the goal. What is the goal? What is the goal that Paul was going after? It was to be like Christ and do what he asked of him. What is our goal? When, when, when we say God calls us, but then he's got a plan. What, is, what are the two things? When he says, you know what, Julian, I am calling you by name. His goal for, for our lives is for us to be like him. And for us to fulfill what his heart, what his will is. That's the goal. You know, I've discovered it's very difficult to run in two places at the same time. Or run towards two different goals. If you were in a race and, you know, if we had one destination over here and one destination over here, how would you get to both? Is it possible? Is it possible? No. Okay. Some of you are uncertain if this is a trick question. No, it's not possible, right? You can't run to two places at the same time. And the same thing is when you, when, when you watch a natural race, you know, the, the athletes are running towards the finish line. There's a goal. There's, a, there's an intention. For us, uh, when we look at pressing towards the goal, it, it's to be like Christ, as I mentioned. It's to show love. It's to be humble. It's to be compassionate, to be merciful, to lead others into this relationship with Jesus. Believe for the impossible things that the kingdom of God and all the, all the greatness that God has would be revealed here on earth as it is in heaven. He, God wants to do that through your life. Again, it's not that we live life just kind of blobbing along as time goes on, that 15 2015 is going to be just like, sorry, 2016 is going to be like 2015 because we just do the same things. But actually, God wants us to believe 
for impossible things to happen. That we would see miracles happen because God is the God of miracles. I was just reading today this passage of scripture where there was a, a, a dad that was bringing a, a son who was demon possessed and it was creating all kinds of problems in this kid's life. And um, the, the, the dad asked, you know, is it possible? And uh, Jesus said, you know what? Is it possible? All things are possible if you believe. All things are possible. Of course it's possible. The father had been living that whole time with this reality that actually God, Jesus wanted to break through that reality with something that was impossible. And sometimes I think we can live life in this natural realm and we just live from one year to the next year, not expecting anything different. But God is wanting us to believe for the impossible, right? We, there's, a, there's another goal of seeing God's kingdom revealed through our lives, which is not just, again, seeing the same thing happen repetitively, but actually it's seeing God do the things that only He could do in and through our lives. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can only go after this, though, in one way. It's, it's following after Him. It's following after Jesus. And not living for ourselves at the same time. It, it, it actually doesn't work that way. So he calls us out. He, he says, you know, I've got a, a goal in which I, I, I see for your life. A focal point. But in that, you know, if you're going to run a race, I know that things have changed a lot since I was in school. When I was in school, there used to be winners and losers. And now everyone gets a prize. I, I, I was surprised when we started going to fun days or, or competition days at the school. And everyone was a winner. And I, I remember it getting first, second, and third. I remember there's clearly a distinction between the first place winner and the last person, right? I didn't tend to be the person on the podium in sports. I was not that kind of a, of a kid. But I remember there's a clear distinction um, between winners and losers. How many remember growing up in a school like that? Well, now everyone's a winner, which is, which is a good message. But the problem is it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily inspiring, Right? I want to be the best losers possible. No, it doesn't. It, it, it's running to win, right? And it, this whole idea of Paul says, I, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, right? To, I, I'm going to give my very best. What is a winner in God's kingdom? It's, it's giving God everything that we have to offer and saying, God, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to, I'm going to put my best effort into it. You know, I personally am as someone who struggles at doing things half-hearted. In fact, if I have to do things half-hearted, uh, I struggle just to exist in that, whatever that is. Um, of course, there's some things in life that are just mundane. You just do these things. But if there's something that requires something in my life, I, I have to be able to give everything to it. Otherwise, I'll really struggle in being part of it. Um, there's been times in ministry where I've had to, you know, been doing things that I don't really have a heart for. And I just really, really struggle because I feel like I'm not, I'm not. I'm not fully engaged. And yet God calls us to not live our lives where we, we kind of give God whatever's left over, whatever we kind of don't use up in all of our other plans, but actually we give God our very best, saying, God, I, I give you all that I am this year. I, I, I want to run this race that you've called me to. I'm going I'm to live out this calling that you've put in my life to the very best of my ability. That's all I can do is give you my best. Having the resolve to say, God, I'm going to pursue you and the plans you have for me with everything I have. 
I'm going to live with intention this year. Again, you know, what is the expectation of 2016? It, well, we can, you know, hope that we win the lottery. We can hope that all sorts of things happen. But it, actually, we can have an expectation saying, God, this year I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to expect that in giving you everything, I'm going to see you do wonderful things through my life. Because actually, when we give God our everything, he takes our everything, which is probably not much, me included, not much. And he does something amazing with not much. That's what God kind of does. He takes our little bits and he says, you know what? If you want to give that to me and entrust that to me, I'll take what you've got to offer and I'll multiply it. I'll, 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 I'll do more through your life than you ever dreamed or imagined. This is what I've prepared for you. This is what the verse that, that um, Julian shared earlier. No, I can, uh, you know, we, we can't imagine all that God has prepared for those who are called out according to his purpose. But we've got to give him what we've got to offer. The amazing thing about Christianity, it isn't a two-tier t- system where there's some people that really kind of go for it and there's others that, you know, uh, well, they just go to church on Sunday or they go to church at Christmas and Easter or whenever it's convenient. Actually, God is looking for people that said, you know, I want to live, I want to choose to live with intention. That actually I would fall into the middle of God's story for my life, God's plan for my life. And just like with Paul, he said, you know, I, I'm, gonna, I'm pressing, I'm giving everything I have to win the prize. The competition isn't toward with, with, with each other as well. I think just to highlight that, Paul wasn't running a race against the other apostles. Okay, He wasn't talking about some kind of competition that all the apostles were in. You know, I don't feel like I'm in a race with Julian because I would probably lose if it was a physical race. <laughs> You know, we're not in a competition together, okay? Because that would be dangerous. There's no competition in God's kingdom. But what it is saying, you know what? I live my life in such a way like an athlete would run a race. I don't run to lose. I run to give, me, to give God my very best. And God knows when we win. Because we're only running the race for Him. He knows who's the winners and who's the losers in that sense. We can't compare one another. We don't know where, where each other's coming from. Only God knows that. And so when we give God our best, He knows that. And He takes what we have to offer Him and He does something amazing. But there's two things in running God's race. We also need to understand these two things. That the first one is that we're all works in progress. Paul says, not that I've already obtained all this. And sometimes we look at even what was written in the Bible, what Paul wrote. He put a lot of amazing things. But even he says, you know what? I haven't got it all together yet. I'm a work in progress. And you know what? Sometimes I think we, we, have to, we, we kind of have a mindset about Christianity that I need to have it all sorted before I can do something for the Lord. Before I can really serve him or before I can really be part of this, this thing that you're talking about. I, I need to get my life cleaned up. Well, actually, Paul says, you know, not that I've already obtained this, but I'm, I'm pressing towards what God has for me. All of us are a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. We're all building sites in God's kingdom. God is chiseling away things. He's, he's, he's moving. He's changing things. He's shaping things in us. And it's okay if we don't always get it right. That's the amazing thing about God's grace. He looks at the heart. He doesn't always look at what always happens. We, we, we will mess up. In fact, we do fail from time to time. But the difference is, is when we get back up and keep running the race, 
versus saying, do you know what? I'm a failure. I'm just going to stay down because I'm already failing. I may as well just keep going all the way. You know what? God said, you know what? I haven't made you a failure. You're my son. You're my daughter. I, I believe in you. Just keep going. Give you, give, give your, your best to it. And I will refine you from the inside. I, I will change you. And I will help you. And I'll strengthen you. We don't need to have all the answers to be a Christian. All we need to do is trust that he does. Right? All we need to do is trust that he, he does. He is, he is bigger than us. He is in control. He does know the, the end from the beginning. He, he does know what we need when we need it. The second thing that Paul refers to in this passage, one is that he hasn't already obtained it, but the second thing that he, he speaks about in running this race is that I, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. We obviously can't just forget our past. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could sometimes just forget some of our past? Wouldn't that be amazing? I think for some, that would be really great if you could just kind of hit that button of erase you forgot but that does it's not really how it works is it we we have a memory god has you know given us a memory so we can remember and it wasn't that um paul was saying i forget in a physical sense of completely um i don't remember who i used to be because he clearly talks about in scripture his past paul does refer to the fact that he was persecuting christians and he was doing all sorts of things that weren't very nice or honorable he remembers those things. But what he does do is he, he makes a decision that that's no longer going to have a control over his future. And sometimes our past can live out for the rest of our lives in a controlled sense. Where our past has, a, has like tentacles in our, on our future. And so no matter how much we might dream for a better day tomorrow, our past has a way of keeping us locked into a realm that God never intended us to have. And sometimes these are past experiences, sometimes these things that maybe we've chosen for. But Paul, again, was he had many things that he was ashamed for in his past. But he made a decision that he was going to pursue Christ and God's plans. And he was going to draw a line in the sand and said, you know what? I can't relive the past, but I can choose for my future. And the same for you. You can't relive your past. And maybe for some of you, you would not want to relive your past. But what you can do is make a decision of, of where you're going. We can't back up. Our life has actually got no reverse. It's a car with no reverse. We can only go forward. And so whatever disaster is behind you, or maybe not disaster, maybe there's good things behind you, what we can do is say, you know what, I'm going to set my eyes on what's ahead. I'm going to stop looking in my mirror of what's behind me. And I'm going to start to move forward in what, God could possibly do with my life. God has this amazing ability of, again, taking all the bits and pieces of our lives, all the brokenness, all the hurt, all the shame, and he has a way of melding that and bringing healing and actually doing something amazing and something wonderful out of broken pieces. Paul saw that in his own personal life, and I've seen it in my life, and there's many in this room who have seen it in their lives. But the important thing is, is stressing, is, is, is pursuing what's going in front of you and not going after what's behind you. Sometimes there's a matter of maybe forgiving. Maybe it's letting go of things that we've been holding on to. At any rate, God wants us to be freed to go forward. But we need to surrender our past sometimes. And maybe we, for all of us, we need to surrender our past to him. We can't go back, God, but I give it to you. 
I now want to go forward. And God looks at us and he takes us by the hand and he holds us and he takes us forward. We need to be like Paul. And even maybe tonight, this is a great moment. We're, we're starting 2016. Maybe tonight's the night where we say, you know, what? I'm going to put a line in the sand. 2015 was a rubbish year. Maybe the last 15 years of my life was rubbish years. But I'm putting a line in the sand and I'm going to choose tonight to go forward. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't really know who God is. I, I really don't know all this is, but something's speaking to me tonight. And I want to respond to that. It's got to be better than where I've come from. Can I tell you this? It will be. When we put our trust in God, he'll never let us be put to shame. He, he will, he, he'll never let you fall. Doesn't mean you will not have difficult times. Doesn't mean 2016 will be an amazingly perfect year for you. But it does mean you won't walk it alone. And it does mean you'll walk this year with intention. And God will do things through your life you never thought possible. Change will happen from the inside out you thought never possible. Only because God has in, is in control. 2016 is a new year. And I, I firmly believe God is calling us to live for a higher goal. And the question I guess is just as I close. Is how will you respond to his voice tonight? What, what, is, what is that response? Is it like Paul saying, you know, I'm going to strain to, I'm going to give God everything I've got this year. I'm going to forget what's been behind me. I, I know I'm not perfect, but I want to go after it. I, I pray that that would be your response tonight. We have the option to, to live a life of fulfillment, of destiny. But it only comes as we, are surrendered, as we surrender our lives into his hands and live for him alone. It's the only way it works. And I just I want to pray with you as, we, as I close that God would reveal to you, to you his heart, his plan. That maybe the goal for you this year would be, become clear. What, it, what does it look like to become more like Jesus? What does it look like to love him? You know, the amazing thing is that God doesn't call us to run this race in our own strength. He just calls us to run it and he gives us the strength. He is, gives us the energy, he gives us the stamina, the persevere. He gives us all that we need to live out our Christian walk. We've looked at it when we studied 2 Peter. He gives us everything for life and godliness. But he does require that we step into the game. That we step onto the onto the, the rate. That we get engaged. That we prepare our minds for action. Can I pray with you? Just as, as we close here. Lord, I thank you that each person in this room is 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 here on purpose. Lord, you 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 awaken things in our hearts at, at moments that sometimes we least expect it. Sometimes we, we see things as chance, but Lord, you see them as destiny. You see them on purpose. And Father, I pray for each one here that you would, you would help them, you would help me see what this year needs to look like. How I need to live this year out. God, we, we don't want to just go from one day to the next without any thought of where we're going. But Lord, you call us to, to follow after you to pick up our cross, to follow you. And God, I, I pray that there would be a, 
a resolve in our hearts tonight to give you our very best this year. Say, Lord, I give you all that I am. I respond with all that I have. God, that you would be honored and glorified in and through my life. That my life would make a difference in this world. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us now. Reveal your heart to us now. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.